CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. We have another positional preview here as we go through each position this summer, June, July, heading into preseason camp in August. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Greg Barnes and Jason Staples. Today is run, uh, running backs. UNC lost uh, Michael Carter and Javante Williams, the NFL, two prolific backs who put together one of the, the best uh, seasons combined for running backs in, uh, in UNC history, I imagine. The numbers support that. Um, a big room with, with a lot of talent, but uh, uh, no one that's really produced at a high level. Let's go through the depth chart. You have Ty Chandler, the transfer from Tennessee. Uh, you have Josh Henderson. DJ Jones, Elijah Green. You have a true freshman who arrived in January in Caleb Hood, who makes the transition from quarterback to running back. Um, British Brooks is a walk-on who's been at Carolina for a long time, who's a special teams guy, but also uh, provides can provide some, uh, some reps at running back. And Kamaro Edmonds will arrive in June, uh, a big um, running back out of Havelock, 230 pounds, 5'11", who uh, will be there in June and join the running back room then. Greg, you watched all these running backs uh, this spring. What was your general takeaway uh, of those guys, the depth chart, and maybe what Ty Chandler, who seems like the, the kind of leader in, in the uh, leader in the room to, to be the start of the season? Yeah, I really think it's a matter of first you got to get past the idea that there is no Michael Carter out there and there is no Javante Williams, um, which I think is – uh, it's going to take people some time to kind of get past that. And you have to kind of work through that. Um, different body types. I mean, there's a lot of guys that kind of look the same, but then you look at a Ty Chandler because he is tall. I mean, he's, he's a little bit over six foot tall. He's kind of a, a thinner option who has good speed. Um, he had 58 catches at Tennessee. So he can catch the ball out of the backfield. I think that was a big reason why Phil Longo wanted him. Uh, just because that was such a critical component of what North Carolina was able to do last year with, with Williams and Carter. Um, that really helps the, helps the offense. And if you're not able to run the ball uh, kind of in traditional form, you can, you can use some of those swing passes to, uh, to, to manufacture some rushing yards, if you will. Uh, and then Caleb Hood's the other guy that uh, he doesn't look like the other ones because he's, even though he's a freshman, a big, thick kid who can lay some hits. Um, you always kind of, especially in like scrimmage settings, you're trying to hear those pops, you know, which defensive uh, back can come up and lay a hit that you can hear across the, across the field, what running back or wide receiver does it. Caleb Hood did that several times in some of the scrimmages that we were able to watch in the spring. He was the only running back to do that. Um, and so those, those are two guys that kind of, kind of pop. And you look at the other guys, I know they like DJ Jones, but he's been injured a lot. Um, you gotta, gotta stay healthy to be able to see playing time. 
and they got they got to look at Josh Henderson and British Books and some of those other guys uh, in the Orange Bowl. And I think everybody that watched that game could see that there was a kind of a step back, um, and that was a big stage for those kids. But I think that kind of gives you an indication of why Ty Chandler was such a big pickup and why they're willing to give all these other guys some looks. Um, they're going to have to figure out who is the best option. You're not going to replace Carter and Williams, uh, but what you're trying to do is find a couple guys who can be adequate uh, and with a good offensive line and with Sam Howell as your quarterback, you don't have to have elite talents there at running back. You just have to have serviceable replacements. Um, and I think they, as you said, that there's enough talent there. They can find those guys. And while I think Hood and Ty Chandler clearly are at the top of the list for me, uh, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out heading into the training camp. A few notes I got from speaking with a couple of sources. Um, staff was pretty uh, pleasantly surprised with what Caleb Hood was in April, um, coming from quarterback to running back, plays downhill, extremely physical, got a nice blend of speed. Um, they think DJ Jones is the closest they have in the room to Michael Carter, still coming off a, a foot injury or leg injury. So that's, I guess, a good for UNC that they have a guy with that kind of speed. Um, and Ty Chandler is that experienced guy. They like what he brought. Um, so the, the, I think the, the thing that stands out there is that Caleb Hood, he's going to get better and better even this summer because he's just getting used to that position. And, and every rep is so important for him as he goes into a preseason camp. Jason Staples, what um, what about this running running back room kind of stands out? And how many running backs do you think they will play? Is it going to be two? Is it going to be three? Could they just lean on Ty Chandler and give someone maybe spot minutes? Um, it's been different every year because I think in Mac Brown's first season, they had three guys they used a lot. Last season, it was almost strictly two guys. What do you see as kind of going down in, um, in 2021, season three under Mac Brown? Yeah, my guess is that you're going to end up close, a little bit closer to three by the end of the year. It, it, so it probably starts with more one because of, of Chandler and, and having a little more experience and all of that. And then by the end of the year, you're moving closer to three. Uh, so, and I think that's, that's more ideal for them in, in that sense. Uh, I do think that based on how they, how they've won, how they've run things since Brown has been on campus uh, for the second time, it, it appears to me that they're very conscious that a fresh back, especially in the second half really helps. And uh, you, you could see how they, uh, they would, they would try to make sure that they were not basically riding one guy too much. Uh, so the only reason, the only way that doesn't happen is if ultimately you don't have other guys step up enough that you can trust them. Mm -hmm. If you've got one guy that's, that his 80% is just that much better than everybody else's 100%, then he plays. But I don't see a guy on this list that I look at and I'm like, yeah, his 80% is going to be better than the next guy's hundred. So they're going to, they're going to split some carries. They're going to split some reps in all this as guys gain trust as and especially the biggest thing is pass protection your your franchise is not the running back your franchise is the guy that's taking the snaps and that guy has to stay clean and that's going to depend very much on whether got whether the running back next to him does his job in pass protection so you know if you want to find your way out of the field and on this team at the running back position you better be really clean in pass protection because Howell is, Howell is the franchise there. So to me, you'll, you'll start with the guy that has the most experience and is, is most trustworthy there. That's going to be Chandler. 
And then I, I think just based on what I saw, if I'm one of the coaches, I'm hoping that Caleb Hood becomes the most trustworthy guy in pass protection ever. <laughs> because I yeah. want that guy to get more carries. Because I think he brings some ability to shed some tackles and be a physical presence in the running game that probably more so than anybody else on this, on this roster and gives you, you know, some, some benefits, particularly down as you get into the red zone, into some tight uh, yardage situations, you can do more with, with somebody with his skill set because of how, you know, I was really impressed by how thick and strong he was through his lower body and his ability to shed some tackles. And that's something that they, they just really need. Uh, so, and good burst as well. Good burst with that. Uh, and then I think, again, I think DJ Jones is probably the, the likely third guy there, or maybe the second guy, depending on how, you know, all of this development ha- uh, pans out. But I think those are the most, most likely guys. And then of course, uh, Henderson and green have played and they're, you know, they're, they're good players as well. So they're going to, they're going to have got multiple guys play, but uh, I think again, it's going to start with one guy. I think Chandler being the primary initially as they're developing who they, as they're figuring out who they can trust. Uh, and then you hope that, that some of those other guys start to step in. I wouldn't be surprised though, if by the end of the year, the guy who is the, I'm, I'm less interested in who's the, the first running back on the field. I'm more interested in who has the Javante Williams closer role. If you watch the last couple of years, Javante Williams was the guy that got most of the carries in the fourth quarter of, of some of those games. And if I, if I have my money on it late in the year, if he has developed uh, as a pass protector, I, I really think Caleb Hood kind of fits that bill as being the closer on this roster. And I'm, I'm curious to see how quickly he's able to develop and, and gain the trust to, to work into that role. A couple things with, with Jason's comment there about Caleb Hood. Uh, one thing that's piqued my interest this offseason that, that Mac Brown has harped on is, he didn't like so many RPOs uh, in short yardage and, and goal line situations last year. He wants the ability to be able to line up and say, look, third and two, we're going for it. We're, we're running the ball. Try to stop us. Uh, Caleb Hood is the obvious guy right now um, to be able to, to lower his pads and, and lay a hit, uh, kind of like Javante was last year. Uh, otherwise, we've talked about a couple of things that I think it's worth kind of uh, putting together to, to help accurately paint a picture here um as jason said pass pro is incredibly important um i mean javante williams was great at it michael carter got to be really good at it Uh, that's been very important as i mentioned earlier ty chandler one of the reasons they liked him and one of the reasons that he's in chapel hill now is his ability to catch out of the backfield as phil longo has told us several times every single running back on this roster can run the ball when he's got it, you, there's no concerns with anybody in this group about can they hit the hole? Can they do what they need to do with you know, getting the handoff and trying to find lanes and doing all the things they're supposed to do as a, as a runner? Right? You don't get to this level without that ability. What's going to separate these guys is who can protect Sam Howe and who can catch out of the backfield because that gives them two different things that are very key for this offense Uh, And that would give them a leg up. So those are the things I think you really have to look out for. And with Caleb Hood, for him to be able to play, he's got to do a really good job with pass pro and training camp. I mean, the the being able to catch out of the backfield will come, but he's got to get that down if he wants to see critical snaps in, in important situations for this team this year.
Guys, let me tell you about Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com, Inside Carolina's podcast sponsor. Get all your UNC gear. Get set for tailgates for the football season. All the uh, the fall sports coming up by heading to Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. And Inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off by going to the Ooh. premium message boards and getting that deal. Use that code. Get all your gifts, all your birthday gifts, anything you need for the summer, tank tops, jerseys, um, you know, T-shirts, hats, anything for, for home tailgating and tailgating, get it at Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. We want to support local. We want to help out these local companies. There's tons of corporations out there, but you don't get that local feel, that personal alumni local feel uh, without going to Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com right on Franklin Street and online at JohnnyT-shirt.com. And remember to use that 10% off discount code if you are an Inside Carolina um, premium member. Take a quick break. Be right back. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. And we're back with the Inside Carolina Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Greg Barnes and Jason Staples. Guys, I'm kind of pumped for Kamara Edmonds to get to get in town um, to watch some of his tape. We actually interviewed him uh, on the Scoop podcast recently. Dude is massive. I mean, they have two big freshman running backs in Caleb Hood and Kamara Edmonds. And what I like about this room is you do have that thunder and lightning in a variety of different places with uh, quicker guys like DJ Jones and Elijah Green. And coming up behind them as true freshmen, um, Caleb Hood and Kamara Edmonds. So UNC set there. Um, you know, another aspect that I'm just going to tell you here, I, I think UNC needs to recruit a little bit better and get that elite back. They should be showing tape of Michael Carter and Javante Williams. And I think in the 2022 class, you'll see some more elite running backs that will um, be coming to Carolina. And that's what that, this team needs to get to the next step. Another point I want to make is, and I want y'all's opinion on this as well, is Muncy has all five restored starters coming back in the offensive line. So they may have lost some talent in Carter and Williams, but you would think the offensive line, um, that stability, that chemistry, all those returning starters who should at this point, you know, be very, um, you know, in tune with what they need to do are back. So what is, how important is that they have all five starters back? And does that really make an impact? You can see the difference, Jason. What do you think about that, about how returning starters in the offensive line will impact a running back room that we're not completely sure about at this point? Well, as a general rule, if there's one, one spot where having returning experience matters most, mm -hmm. you can make a strong case that it's on the offensive line especially when you can get all five back that have played together. I mean, so much of good offensive line play boils down to playing as a unit 
and knowing how to pass guys off, knowing how to communicate and do all of these things and do them without thinking as a unit. I mean, they have to operate offensive line has to kind of operate as one position with five parts. And that is, that's a huge, huge thing to have those guys all back. And really, I mean, all of them essentially in their third year in the system where they know, they know the protections, they know all of the little sophisticated adjustments that you have to make against this front or against that front. And, you know, they've all seen this stuff. And so when you've seen it, you can react that much quicker. You don't, you know, get off balance. You're able to, you're able to make sure that there's uh, less pressure on your quarterback. And then, like you said, for the running back room, that matters a lot because now you're, you're much less likely as a back to have to deal with penetration into the backfield from yeah. one spot due to a missed assignment and all of these things. It allows the backs to deal with the stuff that they need to deal with. You're, you're basically saying, okay, we're going to take care of first level. You, you've got to just do your job and earn your scholarship by, you know, handling the guy that you're one-on-one with. Well, th- that that's, that's a luxury for, for a back. Now I've been very candid about this previously. Uh, and I will, I will reinforce this again. I think the, that the most important thing from here on this offensive line is they need to have a really good off season in terms of being in shape. Some of those guys were not in the best shape last year. Uh, a few of those guys, particularly on the right side of the line were a bit over heavy and could really improve their stock for the next level by dropping 10 to 15 pounds. And, you know, they're, they're massive human beings. You drop 10 pounds and you, you move just that much, a little bit better to where you're now able to handle that weight and able to bend correctly as opposed to lean. Uh, and you know, your, your foot movement is a little bit more consistent in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, when you're starting to get tired, that stuff matters. And so, you know, we've seen a lot from this group. They're really good in terms of experience, but that experience also tells us a couple of the things that need to improve. And the number one thing is they need to make sure that they have a great off season and conditioning. To, to not make this a offensive line podcast, because we will get to that. We got a little in depth there with Jason on offensive line. We'll save that for the offensive line podcast, but I love it. Um, it, it they're very intertwined, running backs and offensive line. So you, you, it's hard to, to talk about one without talking about the other. Greg, to get us out of here, um, the, the impact of, of having five stars back in the offensive line on the running back room and anything else you want to kind of convey about running backs as we get out of here. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a that's a big benefit. Um, obviously, it'll help Sam Howe uh, and the sack issues, but it will really allow these running backs to come along. Mm-hmm. And one thing that Mac Brown has talked about is you really could just let Michael Carter and Javante Williams um, go at it against this kind of standard you know, zone blocking schemes, and they would make things happen. And so uh, you you could be very basic uh, with with your schemes offensively or you know, blocking wise. And I think what Mac's going to want to do this year and Phil Longo is going to want to do this year is, is kind of be a little bit more traditional in their running schemes to allow for some more help up front. Uh, you know, maybe you've got you know, two pulling uh, linemen to create some holes uh, so that you're not relying on these running backs to make guys miss or to, to break tackles to have success. You kind of give them some holes to work through um, so that it's not on them to make these splash plays let the offensive line help them. And so I think you will see a little bit of a change in how 
You know, Stacey Searles utilizes his offensive line in terms of the schemes, blocking schemes. Um, so that will be interesting to see how it plays out. But certainly having having veteran guys back and you know, what could be the, the best offensive line in the ACC is going to make all of these running backs look a lot better. I was muted there. Great stuff, guys. Yeah, I think running backs will be one of the more intriguing competitions. You know, we have four weeks in August to, to break everything down. You're looking at tape and film and seeing who is kind of the first string, second string, third string running back. Um, and it's important because you saw how successful UNC was when they had two great backs in 2020 um, last season. All right, guys, appreciate it. For uh, Inside Carolina, I'm Ross Martin. We've got Greg Barnes, Jason Staples. That was running backs. We'll get into uh, wide receivers and offensive line soon. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.